I think there's a big notion in the industry that you can start a podcast and grow very, 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 very quickly. And a lot of people... How do we get people into the show and how do we keep them? Crap in, crap out, guys, <laughs> right? At the end of the day, how are you promoting the podcast? It's extremely important to drive listeners. So how do people go about making their podcast discoverable if just distributing to all these platforms is not enough? I've definitely been sucked into some of these shows through TikTok. And then when I listen to the episodes... We just do a comedy show. That'll be, be, be rough. You could do, you could roast each other. I don't, I don't want to make Fonzie cry. He, he's been roasting me since <laughs> I was born, so I, I don't feel anymore, guys. I think this is kind of like a, a lot of people have hot takes yeah. about this. What are you doing? Are you relationship first or are you content first? How do we get attention, right? And then how do we keep that attention? TikTok consumer might not be a podcast consumer. My biggest piece of advice we've got some hey fresh i'm luis and i'm luis and you're listening before. to the content One, is profit two, podcast three. what's up everybody welcome back to content is profit special day because we are back it's been what two weeks well, has it been that long? Yeah, it's been wow. that long, man. It's been a while. It's been I know. A while. But you listening at your home, you don't notice that. That's just, you know, behind the scenes type of stuff. But anyways. That's why you build that backlog yeah. of episodes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and today we have somebody special coming back to the show, our MVP, Carly Baker from the Huspa Podcast Network. And uh, I'm excited. Carly, what's up? How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to get back on the pod and continue to continue the convos i know we, we might have a we, we might have to come up with a theme of our conversations you yeah. know creator I'm, news or something you know what's happening i mean we did say this world. was gonna yeah. be a regular occurrence and you know this is the third time this is the third time except. i know popular popular the, requests the first ones were a little bumpy <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey carly we've seen uh, in our slack channel that there's some new shows in the network right people every time they know that we're in the hospital podcast network. They're like, how do we get in there? How do we get in contact? You know, who do we talk to? What do we need to do as a show or as a content creator, right? To be part of it. So you want to give us an update on the network? How's, how's that going? Yeah, it's been really busy uh, this year, but specifically in the second half of the year, I think we've added 10 new shows. And I think by the end of the year, we're going to be at 40 shows, Let's which go. is really crazy. We've grown so much. It's been really exciting. I think when I started in December of 2021, we had maybe 10 or 11 shows. So to see it go from that to now being at 40 is just, honestly, yeah. it's been so rewarding to see how much the program has just grown and, and changed and, you know, the types of creators are working with now. So yeah, it's been, it's been great. And I know, um, you know, for, for any folks that are interested in the network, you can of course contact me directly. I'm the I like to lovingly refer to myself as the talent scout. So I'm out there <laughs> doing the research, finding people to, to talk to. And my biggest piece of advice, I would say, for folks that are looking to find advertisers or to find network is make your content as discoverable as possible. Make it mm. easy for me to find your content when I search for business podcasts or marketing podcasts. Think about the types of... Um, just think about how to make your content discoverable in in that way. So that would be the biggest piece of feedback. But also, you can just you can hit me up in my in my LinkedIn DMs. I'm always down to um, meet new folks and and chat about your show. I like that. So I was earlier listening to a podcast with somebody that actually has been has done 
one of the HubSpot master classes. I forgot her, mm -hmm. her name, so I apologize in advance. But she's the is it Grace? Yes, he's the she's the genius behind the Diary of a CEO podcast, right? And she mm -hmm. was talking on how podcasting is actually known for not being that discoverable, and that's why your marketing, right? That's why creating short four pieces of content, right? Like how are you promoting the podcast is extremely important to drive listeners. So now you're telling, hey, you know, make your podcast discoverable so we can find you and then, you know, we can have a conversation. So how do people go about making their podcast discoverable if just publishing it, you know, in their RSS feed and, you know, distributing to all these other platforms is not enough to actually be discoverable. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So I think one major component of discoverability that a lot of folks don't think about or maybe put on the back burner is SEO. Mm. Uh, I think SEO is huge. So when we think about podcast SEO, and I actually just had someone message me and ask me, what do I do? What should I do for SEO? I'm thinking about changing the name of my podcast. So super timely, I think, especially as we go are now sort of going towards January, which is always a really, really big time for business content. So when I think about SEO on the audio only side, I think about like naming conventions and titles for your episodes, super important. Also, I think having a good description that doesn't, that's not too much, but is playing into the keywords that people are going to be searching for if they're looking for that content. So those are two sort of pillars of SEO that should be done for every single episode. I also think that there's a really big, um, like your website can be really powerful for you for discoverability. So I know a lot of folks now post transcripts on their website, which is should be on people's radar from an accessibility standpoint, uh, but also can be really powerful for SEO. I don't think that necessarily copying and pasting your entire transcript yeah. from your entire hour episode and like putting that on a landing page is really going to do um, a lot of things for you. But definitely thinking about like outlining the conversation, putting those keywords in there, and then maybe, you know, you could, you can have a hyperlink to, you know, for sort of a back, a backlink site where you can have the whole transcript, but thinking about how you would integrate like traditional SEO practices so that you can make your website really powerful and then building uh, your episode titles and your description sort of on the back of that, I think is super important. I also think, well, I'm curious to hear sort of what your perspective is on this in terms of putting guest names mm -hmm. in the descript in the episode titles or not. I think this is kind of like a, a lot of people have hot takes yeah. about this because yeah. if you have a big guest on, so let's say you have like Seth Godin on as an example, if you go into Apple Podcasts and you search Seth Godin, there's going to be like a thousand <laughs> episodes that have Seth Godin in it. And so yeah. for shows that specifically have interviews, it's like, who do you want to put or, or what and who do you want to put in that episode title? Do you want to, you know, do you want to have it be content first and guest second or guest first and content second? Yeah. So I, I, those are some key considerations I yeah. think there. I think that's an interesting question, right? Because for example, you know, we don't have the biggest, I don't, I don't know the key term and we're not SEO experts, but you know, we don't have the, the most impactful domain authority, right? That is going to rank mm -hmm. super high. So if we, sure, we can leverage Seth Godin's name on the title, but at the same time, there's probably, like you mentioned, right, hundreds of other pages that are doing the same. 
And at the end of the day, if their like domain authority is higher than ours, like they're gonna rank mm -hmm. higher than us, right? So yeah. sure, you can use it, but I think I would argue, and you would have to go deeper now into SEO, right? And do some research yeah. and see, okay, what are some low competition keywords that I can mm -hmm. use to rank for an interview with Seth Godin and then maybe on the description or the, you know, headline one, headline two, then you can add, you know, Seth Godin names. So that's what I'm thinking. Again, I'm not an SEO expert over here. Mm -hmm. For that, if you guys want to hear an SEO expert, you guys can definitely listen to our episode with the one and only Damon Burden. Yeah. He is uh, absolutely incredible. But um, yeah, I can, I can see how it can be counterproductive, right? Now, for the standpoint of discoverability in shorts, right? Social media, uh, let's say even mm -hmm. YouTube videos, I would definitely... If it's somebody that you can leverage their name, let's say, you know, Seth Godin, Alex or Mosey, I would lean on using their name, using their picture on the thumbnails, just because yep. that's going to drag more attention. And you are not depending on, you know, your Google authority to, you know, show up in certain people's pages. Like you just just by posting it, the algorithm is going to test it in some of some people's screens. Right. So some people are actually going to get to see it. And you can leverage their personas to get some clicks. Yeah, I have I have like three points, right? Based on what you just shared, Carly, which mm -hmm. was great, right? It's a little bit of a roadmap to for people to get discovered with a pod, especially here in the studio. With you know, we've talked to a lot of first timers that want to start a podcast, and they have all these questions, mm -hmm. right? And uh, we have a couple cases where you know they put their content out there, and then what happens is crickets right and yeah. and then like okay well the fact that we just produced this doesn't mean that people are going to listen to it right well, there's a second phase to to doing this um so well first i want to highlight a little bit of a tactic of seo where you said like the transcript mm -hmm. in, on the website when we talk to damon who's like our go-to go expert on, on seo you know a little tactic that you can do on your website is like kind of like put a, a hidden box at the bottom and put the transcript in there and just put a mm -hmm. warning like hey in this box, you'll find the transcript of the of the episode, but it's formatted in a way where it doesn't take the full thing. So you have like your video, oh, you have scrollable. yeah. So you have your video, you have your podcast description or summary, whatever you want to put in there as a blog post, right? And then you have your scrollable little box where it still mm. has the effect you know that you want for the crawlers. But at the same time, it doesn't affect the eye when people are reading that. So, so we don't have to create like a second database on transcripts. So a little yeah. little tip of the for the for the ones that are interested in doing that. Now, as far as like guest versus content first, you know, uh, a lot of the questions that we ask them, for example, our show started relationship first. So the name was mm -hmm. always going to be on that title because we wanted to develop those relationships. Uh, yeah. It didn't matter to us like the first 200 episodes what were the downloads, right? We were investing in the people that we were connecting through the podcast. The podcast was a tool for mm -hmm. us to do that and uh, bring us business opportunities. So I will consider, right? Like, are you, what are you doing? Are you relationship first or are you content first? And then based off of that, there's like different levels of influence that your guests might have, right? So these are elements that you might want to account you know, to then execute of what Fonzie said with like SEO strategies, right? Because if you are not an expert in SEO or this is something, f you know, brand new, it's going to take a lot of time or capacity, right? For you, if you're doing it yourself or if you have a team, great, lean on them. But it's going to take time and capacity. So, you know, based on how frequent your episodes are, uh, if you have like a high cadence, 
uh, you know, three to five episodes a week. That might be a little bit of a heavy task to start doing with SEO. Yeah. So I will probably lean on relationships if you're a brand new show and then invest that time in maybe uh, encouraging them to share the episodes with their network, right? But if you have a little bit of a lower cadence and you have a little more capacity to do this, perfect. Like, so those are the elements that I will consider. And I think for every episode is a little bit different. Um, for us, the relationships has been very beneficial for our business. And then mm -hmm. that allowed then the content to be discoverable. It just took a little bit more time. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I think anyone that listens to this sh show can tell that <laughs> your relationship first, 100%. And I love that that's been such a key driver in your the growth and success of the show and of your business. Yeah, so I think it's really hard in the with the way that the internet is and how, you know, yeah. culture and relationships are can be viewed as in a very transactional lens. I think it's such a you, you two are such a wonderful success story. Ah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. We, like, we like make you making cool friends. Um, so back into the topic of discoverability, we have some mm -hmm. really good shows on the network, right? Like re some some like big heavy hitters in there. Starting with content mm -hmm. perfect. Starting, of course, of course, <laughs> of, of course. <laughs> uh, so I was just curious, you know, have you heard of? Because I'm sure, again, SEO is one of the avenues, right? Uh, the fact that all these tools are there and all these methods are there doesn't mean that we need to do them all. We need to find one that works best for us and then lean in. And I'm curious on, on the shows that we have on the network that you've talked to, maybe what are some of the different ways that you have noticed how they are getting their podcast more discoverable? Yeah, so I think having, and, and this goes back to what Grace uh, you know, had, had shared and, and is a really strong strategy that they use at Diary of a CEO is having a really strong cross-channel marketing strategy. And I think what can be really difficult is that there's so many, there's so many channels. Oh, it's yeah. so overwhelming. I feel like, you yeah. know, with threads, like there's always all of these new platforms that are coming up and it's very noisy. And I think it can be very hard to decide where you want to invest your time and build your audience. And I don't think that your that content needs to be a fit for every single platform. I think you need to find the platform where your audience is and just sort of double down and do that. One thing I think is really interesting and actually has led to uh, a lot of relationships that I've built and shows that I've met is business podcasts leveraging LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is can kind of be seen as a content farm. Like there's such an overwhelming amount of content that's being posted on LinkedIn every single day. Um, some of it valuable, some of it not not as valuable, of course, but that's been a really big uh, way that I've found new shows and just sort of, you know, at the end of the day, LinkedIn is really a relationships platform. And so yeah. what I've loved to see over time, um, you know, since I've joined the network is there's been a lot more investment and strategy on LinkedIn. And I think that has happened a couple of different ways. I know a couple of shows in the network now have newsletters that are run through LinkedIn. And so whenever you connect with someone, you, you know, can get an automatic invitation to subscribe to their newsletter. And these creators, most of them have newsletters that are yeah. run outside of LinkedIn, but they're, they've built an internal LinkedIn newsletter, which is just you know, continue to have contact with people that are connected with them or following them that maybe aren't yet connected or following them on other platforms. And so I think that can be a really good mm. way to sort of nurture your audience and nurture, I guess, what you could call a lead in that way. And so I love sort of utilizing that platform for growth. I think it's also like very video and audio friendly. Yeah. I would say more video friendly 
um, than other platforms. So that's one thing that I love to see. I don't feel like LinkedIn is necessarily a good play. Like if you have a true crime podcast, I don't think (laughs) your audience is necessarily there, but business content, business builders, like think about folks that are on LinkedIn, that can be really good. Um, And also the way that the algorithm is in terms of discoverability. I mean, my, I used to think that LinkedIn had a very weak algorithm in terms Mm. of what it was giving me, but over time it's built up and it's like, most of the stuff that I see is business content, like B2B business content and podcasts and YouTube content. So over time it has built up in a way. uh, Yeah, I do have a really curated feed. So I think definitely harnessing that. I also think LinkedIn is really great because it's sort of like YouTube in a way where you can have a direct, it's easier to have like a direct conversation or engagement or interaction with your audience. Like if you think about just posting your content on Apple podcast, like no one can comment on that. You can't interact with your audience. So that I think is another thing that's super powerful. um, Super powerful. Maybe something LinkedIn. uh, And I love this, right? Because, you know, uh, like you said, you mentioned lots of channels can be very overwhelming, right? Um, You know, whether you have a big team or a small team, doesn't matter. (laughs) And uh, yesterday I was having a conversation with somebody else producing the podcast here in the studio. And uh, we're talking about this, right? They they went through the first like four episodes. They produced it, they're ready to go, and and that was the call to be like, okay, what what next? Like, where do we where are we putting this? Where are we distributing this? How are we mm-hmm. letting people know? And I think a visual that helped me a lot uh, initially when we were starting to do this, when it comes to traffic, was picture a river, right, full of water that's flowing down. And what a lot of people try to do, us included, right, <laughs> has been <laughs> you start carving, you know, a, a, a second river out of this one, right, a smaller one to try to direct that water to you, mm. right? You're trying to mm-hmm. force that water into coming to your little piece of land, uh, meaning that traffic. And what we don't do is maybe we should walk a little bit closer to that river and just put our sign in front of the river without having mm. to move the water, right? So... With that, it's like where are the where are the sources where people are already consuming that kind of content, right? Think about yeah. newsletters. Think about obviously platforms like LinkedIn, like you mentioned, right? Think about um, you know maybe is ads to a specific audience, right? And uh, where are people already consuming that type of content? Or do your guests have an email list that maybe they can show that little sign of your show to them? So trying to find mm-hmm. those rivers and then just put your message in front of them, I think is a, it's a very interesting approach that for us was game changer when we visualized it that way and trying to understand traffic. Be like, okay, put your message in front of where people are already consuming instead of trying to call them all all the way to your little island, right, where... It might not be as fun <laughs> as the main road, <laughs> right? So uh, I, I, I'm curious real quick, because as you were sharing how you discover new podcasts in my mind, I was like, I wish that there was, and I'm sure there might be some sort of research of literally hundreds or thousands of listeners where you get to break down how each one of them um, discover podcasts, right? Uh, for example, you said mm-hmm. LinkedIn. Me personally, I discover a lot of podcasts on YouTube, right? Like they pop in there and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And then I kind of like mm-hmm. look at their hook and if their hook is interesting, I'm like, all right, cool. Let me go to my feed on my phone and put it in my queue and then I'll listen to it. And depending if, you know, the episode catches my attention, I might go back and listen to another episode of those. I'm curious about you. Mm-hmm. How do you discover your podcast? I think my main way to discover a new podcast is one, 
our guests, like having a podcast exposed you to a ton of stuff. So you're like, okay, mm -hmm. well, that's yeah. great. Like if you have conversations, right, with other people and other creators, uh, maybe their recommendations. I think we have a database right now because every single person that comes to the show fills a little survey and be like, have you been in other shows? And I'm like, yeah, which ones? And they put like three to five links. So it's literally like 2,500 shows probably. <laughs> so a little overwhelming, but that's one, right? That's the most common because we, we produce this very frequently. The second one is recommendations from the show that I already listened to, right? Like, and this mm -hmm. is something that we talked a lot about cross promotion, right? Podcast listeners yep. listens to podcasts, right? So uh, just an audience will have a level of trust with that host. And if that host shares that message of a new show that might be interesting to them, then uh, you might be very motivated to go and actually search on your phone for yeah. that new show. Uh, little parenthesis here. I actually like better when the cross promotion is actually of a specific episode. When they say like, hey, go check yes. out Content is Profit, you know, especially this episode where they're talking to Carly Baker, right? The MVP of the <laughs> HubSpot Podcast Network. And they discuss all about discoverability. If you have a podcast about yourself, uh, if you have a podcast and you're looking to get discovered yeah. by more listeners, this is the episode you need to listen to. That is when, for me personally, those cross-promotion actually works. Because if they tell me, hey, look, they have this podcast where they talk, and it, it, you know, it's very broad. I'm like, all right, yeah. cool, thank you. You know, not, not to be mean, but I'm like, there's probably 20 other podcasts that have a very similar description but if you mm -hmm. can go in the nitty-gritty of the benefit you know that you can get from listening to that one single episode that will sell me way better on yeah. putting it in my queue how do you discover episodes carly yeah, so I do I also love a good cross promotion. I think what I don't love are like really bad cross promotion <laughs> ads because I think it just brings the authenticity of cross promotion down in general. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about just like large networks or companies that just insert cross promotion ads that have nothing to do with the content. Like there's literally zero alignment. I think that really drives me nuts, but I do definitely um, have found a lot of shows that I listen to personally through cross promotion. So I think that's a really, really strong um, avenue of discoverability. I also just have figured out sort of a science of how to search in platforms for shows. So spot, I use mostly Spotify and Apple. I tend to mostly use Apple because Spotify is a little more complicated in terms of search now that it's integrated on the music side of the platform. Yeah. So I use that. And then my sort of sneaky recruitment tool that I use that I would actually recommend that everyone who's listening to this that has a show goes and sets up a profile on and make sure that their show is listed there is Raphonic. So mm -hmm. Raphonic is really great because you can put in your contact info. And so when folks like myself, advertisers, networks are looking for shows, uh, it just makes it that much easier for us to be able to get in contact with you. So Raphonic is a super powerful tool for discoverability, but I would yeah. say it's maybe more on the industry side, I also do use YouTube. And I think going back to the SEO part of the conversation, yeah. YouTube is amazing for SEO. And what I love about YouTube is that you can do so much A-B testing. You can test thumbnails. You can like, there's so many ways that you can optimize that content if it's not performing. And it gives you so much data and feedback about those optimizations that you can't really see when you're just changing your episode titles on an on audio only platforms. Yeah, and right. so I think that can be 
super powerful as well and in terms of search and discoverability. I also, so this is interesting and I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are about this. This is not necessarily on the business side of podcasts, but for like the last six months, my For You page on TikTok has just been all of the most viral clips from all of these different podcasts. And TikTok actually just announced that they have an integration with Spotify now where if you hear a song on TikTok, it, it you can basically click on the song and add it to your Spotify profile. I'm hoping that this becomes in the future an integration that they're going to allow for podcasts to, as well since we see like so many shorts yeah. and so many like viral clips on TikTok of these episodes. Um, Here's where one I... Of the th- Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Finish. And yeah. I thought on this. Yeah. One of the things that I think is really funny is that I've definitely been sucked into some of these shows through TikTok. And then when I <laughs> listen to the episodes, it's not great content. They're only picking yeah. out like the single 30 to 60 seconds that are so funny and are yeah. so well suited for social. And then the rest of the episode just totally tanks. And so I'm yeah. curious for you to hear sort of what your uh, perspectives are on on TikTok as sort of like a new podcast discoverability tool, and if you think like long tail that that'll be continue to be a place that folks will invest in. Yeah, that's interesting. I personally don't like TikTok right now. Like at first, I I used to go <laughs> on it and I like would like you know mm-hmm. consume a little bit, kind of like curating my feed. I think I mm-hmm. haven't gone in a while. Then my feed must be all uncurated, you know, and it must be this like. <laughs> random random clips in there but you know what your comment actually makes me think on two key elements which apply for any social media that that you do which is how do we get attention right and then how do we keep that attention right and mm-hmm. you know pre- pretty much that click through rate right and then the retention if we're going back to the say youtube on social media like tiktok right where is that uh scrolling the click-through rate, right, pretty much is can you hook people with your clip, right? Can you get them yeah. to move from the clip to the podcast episode? Mm-hmm. But once you get them on the podcast episode is can I hook them? Can I actually engage them into listening the whole hour and one more? Mm-hmm. And I feel like not everybody has both skills, right? They're, they're two different skills. Yeah. Some people are very good at getting the attention up front but then terrible at having a good full-on episode that keeps yeah. people's attention, yeah. right? So, again, two different skills. I think your example just shares completely how it can be a little bit detrimental, honestly, because yeah. you can get a lot of attention with a really cool clip, but then when they go, they're just going to be disappointed. And guess what? When they see you again, they're just going to be like, oh, this is a guy that had the bad podcast episode. Let me, you know, <laughs> let me scroll by. And again, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to put fear in people saying you need to have the most incredible podcast episode. If not, don't publish it. Like we lean into publish, create the content. Some yeah. episodes are going to be better than others. 100%, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, put some intention in the things that you're creating, right? Here. Here are a couple of my, my thoughts, right? Like people, TikTok consumer might not be a podcast consumer, right? That is the other so that's thing. the other mm-hmm. one. Uh, so they might be yep. consuming your brand. They might be consuming you. They might be consuming what you say in that in that short form, but it doesn't mean that they will transfer to your podcast, right? So I'll be interested to know 
like what is the conversion from TikTok to podcast and then the retention on that, right? For us, for example, Instagram is the higher, highest one. Uh, it's about 9% of people that see our clips and then click through and stay in our show. Um, YouTube, people stay on YouTube, right? So they might not transfer to the audio, for example. So I will encourage people to start looking at that backend data, tracking those links mm -hmm. and, and start learning from that, right? Because like, perfect. Like we have a point of view where it's like our show is not only the audio, it's also the clips. So we call them like the content ecosystem, the content is profit ecosystem, right? So yeah. for us, people watching the clips is as much as a win as people listening to the full episode. The full episode is obviously builds more trust and report and like everything else that comes with that. But I want to make that clear because uh, a lot of the conversations that I've had, my impression is people think about a content consumer regardless of the platform as the same consumer and they're not, they're different, mm -hmm. right? Think about like how you consume TikToks versus how do you consume podcasts, right? So that's one. Yeah. I literally go on the the feet scrolling apps do burn some <laughs> some some brain cells exactly well, so, like, all right, i don't want to focus on anything and just, just turn turn the brain off yeah, yeah literally and then you know what type of content like fancy said you know we were talking to this amazing you know client the other day and she's like i cannot believe like she was showing me these clips that she's running to in tiktok and they're like similar things that pop you know pop culture or like dating things right and it's, it can be entertaining but as content like is that useful for me in this moment like for a business podcast for example maybe not and she was like i cannot believe this is what people are consuming right because we're doing a study of like okay how can we continue to put out put content higher quality content out there in every single platform and it's mm -hmm. like i cannot believe that people actually like this does that mean that i need to change my message to fit the platform a hundred percent no right like you have your message right and then you do that so for example in our show our clips on tiktok i was looking at yesterday on average get 250 300 views we have a very high uh uh count of clips as well but there's like one with steph that went to 3000 right Steph Taylor, shout out to, to her podcast. Like, wow, that's an indicator, right? What happened on this yeah. clip that people actually stayed uh, watching? Well, that's great. So we use those clips as indicators to maybe topics, maybe hooks, maybe mm -hmm. things that, that worked. And, uh, and it can be a very useful tool if we separate ourselves a little bit from trying to find that virality. But to Fonsi's point of like, how do we get people into the show and how do we keep them crapping? crap out guys right at the end of the day and we've been called out in some episodes like hey this episode was not as good and maybe that's an opportunity that we that we missed but there's other episodes like wow this was actually a really good episode well that's an opportunity mm -hmm. that we took um yeah. that we took home i just thought of a hook i want to test with the clips have the clips yeah. pulled down and then literally have a recorded hook separately where you say if you enjoy podcast and then you go and follow on with the hook this clip is for you and then they get to see the clip of the podcast but you kind of filter in people that already mm -hmm. like to listen to podcasts right that'd be interesting mm. might, yeah, might test that one out yeah. yeah carly any um any other thoughts any last thoughts before we head out today i think this has been a fun conversation about how to get your show discovered. well you, didn't you have some creator news can you like rapid fire them Rapid fire the yes, creator news. Yes, I can, I can rapid fire. So the TikTok Spotify integration, definitely big news. Hopefully, hoping that that will make big waves yeah. uh, and, and move over to the podcast side. The other thing that I did 
want to shout out is that my friend and I think Luis and Fonzie's friend, Jeremy Enns, who runs the oh, Podcast yeah. Marketing Academy, he just released a marketing, a podcast marketing trends report. Uh, and I want to just share some quick statistics that uh, he, I think, interviewed over or had over 500 participants who filled out the survey from awesome. creators, advertisers, sort of everyone in between. And for anyone out there who might be struggling with their podcast and marketing and all these things, um, respondents in this survey rated their marketing proficiency as 5.1 out of 10. So if you are out there having difficulties with your podcast marketing, most other people are, so don't worry too much. <laughs> and also <laughs> the median month over month growth rate for shows um, for monthly downloads is 1.62%. I think wow. this just shows how difficult it is and yeah. um, sort of just the challenges of growth that so many people are facing across the industry. So People ask me all the time or say, my show is not growing. It's not growing as fast as I thought it would. Like, what am I doing wrong? And I think right now what we're seeing across the board is that everyone is growing very slowly. And, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of comparison in, in numbers and podcasts yeah. a lot of time feel like a numbers game. And I think it's always a good reminder to see reports like this and to be comfortable where you are and to keep going and keep trying things and keep iterating and like, I always tell people, I'm like, you're doing great. Like, keep going. It's yeah. it's not meant to be. Um, I think there's a big notion in the industry that you can start a podcast and grow very, 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 very quickly. And a lot of people, if we see the amount of drop off and people that start shows and do it for two months and then stop, I think it's really a, a long game um, for growth. So keep going. Every, everyone's going <laughs> at the same rate as you are. And, um, don't be, don't be discouraged if those numbers aren't what you thought they'd be. Yeah. I'm sorry. It, it is a challenging road actually, right? There's a lot of work to be put in and that's why it is a long-term project and people that come in with the mindset of, Hey, I want, you know, the Joe Rogan numbers. Like, All right, cool. Do you got eight years? <laughs> you know, do you got nine years to pull some of just a, fra a fraction of those numbers at the end of the day? Because, again, he also came into the industry with some sort of status build up as well, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't like he was a, a total noob coming in. Um, how do people get that, that report? I want to get my hands on it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will, we can put the link in the show notes. I can send it over to you, but also highly recommend Jeremy is such a wonderful person. He has yep. a newsletter um, that I highly recommend yep. subscribing to. He's very down to earth, like no BS podcast marketing advice. So definitely, definitely follow, follow Jeremy and, and check out the report. There's tons more information and, and like really in-depth analysis and actionable takeaways about how to stay up with the trends as we go into the new year. So Definitely, definitely recommend. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm actually going to hit him up after this and uh, see if he wants to come and discuss the the report live. Yeah. Dude, that, that would yeah. be amazing. Yeah. And, uh, actually, actually, I don't know. If, I don't think you mentioned this one, but Spotify Podcast Trends 2023 also mm -hmm. came out as well. If you guys want to get your hands on that, there's something about about messing there. I gotta gotta go dive deep into that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Spotify the Spotify Trends report just came out, and then they also just released a Gen Z listening trends report too, which I think uh -huh. is really interesting when we think about sort of the the next generation of podcast listeners, or you know, Gen Z folks have have grown up or are more assimilated with the idea, I think, of podcasts just because it's been going on for a long time now and it's not like a new platform as it is yeah. maybe for other generations. Yeah. So definitely different sort of listening 
listening habits there too. My biggest takeaway from that is that a lot of them use Spotify. So make sure that your podcast content on Spotify Spotify. is good. Yeah. Yeah. I I see here that also a lot of people like listening top five categories by total listening hours, comedy. So guys, we're gonna learn how to take jokes. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to start. We're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna have a routine, a comedy routine in every episode. Wait. Then we get to tag our podcast as a comedy show. You know, tapping comedy business. Comedy business. Comedy business. Tapping into a whole new demographic. I I had a. I had a. I actually had an idea yesterday, like last night, as I was like mindlessly scrolling in my, you know, burning brain cells. Reels allocated time, Um, and is. Uh, everybody, we do. Um, we put it. We sit down in front of each other, and you bring ten jokes, and I bring ten jokes. And you. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah, exactly. So, and it, we just do a comedy show. That'll be that'll, be, that'll be rough. You could do you could do it as you could do a holiday special, holiday comedy special. Oh, and then I'll if be. he performs, then that's the indicator that we have to. Do or or hear me out. Hear or you me can out. roast. You could do a roast. You could roast each other. I don't want to make Fonzie cry. He, he's been roasting me since I was born, so I, I don't feel anymore, guys. Carly, I don't we, have feelings. We have thick skin. Thick skin, indeed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, actually, this is what I think we could potentially do. We've actually talked about having this kind of segments on the show. Uh, we got the idea from the guys of Dude Perfect that they have, you know, yeah. their, their wheel of whatever, and they have, <laughs> like, down here, they have, like, a lower third with the different sections that they're hitting. I think that would be epic, yeah. right? One of the sections should be about jokes, right? Like, <laughs> and, and we can prep our guests, be like, hey, there might or might not be a joke section in there, so hit it up. Or we can have the wheel of fortune. Imagine we pull the wheel of fortune right here. Boom, tell a joke. If you cannot tell a joke in 10 seconds, you gotta shave your head, something like that. Like how crazy oh would God. that be? It'll be fun. Well, Carly, Carly's laugh uh, calls for approval. So, you know, it, cool, might, be, cool. it might be the, the time that content prof- might be evolving into something beautiful uh, in 2024. It's always know. been beautiful. It's always been game beautiful. Show. Let's do it. Yeah, That's let's right. go. Carly, as, as always, thank you so much for coming back and, and chatting trends with us and discoverability. Good, good. My English is very good looking, guys. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, I hope you have an incredible holidays. And I'm sure we'll have you back probably at the beginning of 2024 to talk more oh, trends yeah. and different data. Uh, Fonsi? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, or or uh, Trencyclopedia. That's how we're going <laughs> to. You know, Carly, the Trencyclopedia Baker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to so, go put that on my LinkedIn header now. Uh, there you go. That's, that's how you're going to sign off on your on your emails from now on. Yeah. But yeah, we'll definitely bring you back next year to see, you know, maybe how can people kick off their 2024s with some some trends, upcoming trends. Cool. And, yeah. you know, yeah. set themselves up with a, for a successful 2024. That's good. Carly, anything that's you want to add before you head out? Nothing much or nothing at all, actually. <laughs> nothing at all. I'm done. She's like, let me go for lunch. All right, here we go. With that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning to the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at This Bros Co. That is right on you. Carly here. Help you keep up with all the trends in the world. Please don't forget to share this episode with somebody else and leave a five-star review. I forgot the outro. I'm just going to hide under just, my hoodie here. Just go. Just leave. Just stand up and leave. Just <laughs> just go, go stand up and leave. Right, see you guys. Go. go. We're starting the roasting now. Right, go, go. Just go. Go.